0: and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have eclectic and impactful conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. Hey, this is Sabrina Monarch of Monarch Astrology and Magic of the Spheres podcast, bringing you a forecast about the Mars-Venus conjunction in Aquarius that's exacting on February 21st, And to get into that, we're also going to be talking about the North Node Chiron conjunction in Aries um, that exacted yesterday, February 19th. So ever since this new moon in Aquarius, there's been a re-up or a reverb of this kind of revolutionary feeling in the air, this sense of tuning into our ideals or what we would like life to become, like these changes that are brewing um, that we're wanting to bring it into our own lives, into our communities, um, and perhaps on a larger scale than that. But if you follow my channel, you know that I tend to focus on the personal and the micro. So when I've been thinking about this Aquarian energy, I've been thinking about it a lot in terms of you know, internal paradigm shifts. right? If you think about um, bigger changes that you want to make in your life, um, ways that you want to tap into your authenticity even, right? Like When I think about Aquarius at a deep level, we're not just becoming something totally foreign from ourselves. We're actually becoming this like incandescent light bulb, like all the way on, like fully online version of ourselves. And that means that we are transforming and shedding some of our false selves or inauthentic selves to do that, which can still be a really big transformation. But you end up coming home to something that's like hyper you not something that is like far away from you but it may be something that feels far away from what you've known so far so perhaps you have something in mind something brewing some kind of change you want in your life and it feels like that would be really different a lot of things would have to change for me to get there so let me back up and talk to you a little bit um, about the transits that i'm tuning into um, I'll just take a moment too to welcome you to my channel. Invite you to please like this video and subscribe. And if you're listening on Magic of the Spheres podcast, please leave a five star um, on Spotify and a review on Apple Podcasts. I would really appreciate that. It helps um, the algorithm and helps people more f- helps more people find this content. So we had yesterday, I'm recording this on February 20th. We had yesterday this conjunction exact between Chiron and Aries and the North Node and Aries. This has been building for a while. They've been close for a while, so it's not exactly a new story. But there may have been something in the air, especially this week, where these themes kind of became maybe more heightened. Um, I know for me it helped to just kind of be reminded of it because it's a transit that I've been feeling and sensing into for a while but we have this um, conjunction in Aries, so it's ruled by Mars, who's in Aquarius, and we have Venus and Mars conjunct in Aquarius. That will exact on February 21st tomorrow. So just to start out with what Chiron and the North Node um, in Aries represents, we have, you know, Chiron is most commonly known as like the wounded healer. It's this asteroid that is in between Saturn And then the outer planets, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. So it can be these experiences that um, shake up our sense of reality, who we are, Um, often some kind of wound or initiation that leads us into philosophy or study or knowledge, like to try to figure it out, to try to heal. So Chiron, wherever it is, will represent kind of a nature of the, the wound that's up for the collective, right? If we're looking at it by transit. And of course, in your natal chart, Chiron will speak to that unique kind of pain point, but it's also a place of medicine, right? So it's a place where you might actually have a lot of skill um, as a healer in some way, or, you know, not everyone identifies as a healer or practices in a healing practitioner, practitioner kind of way. But let's say that you, you know, I have Chiron and Leo. So the image that came to mind was like a theater teacher. Where it's like someone who's teaching theater is not necessarily going around saying that they're a healer but they may actually be helping people liberate their creativity and their spontaneity and they're doing healing work in the nature of leo even if it's not necessarily um, so explicit so when we have chiron and aries for the collective there's a few themes um i'll also just share that the north node is like the collective you know direction where things are pointed we're coming from that South Node in Libra past. So there's some things that are being kicked up right now around um, justice, right? Things feeling fair or unfair. Um, and that can be um, as small as things that are happening in our own internal consciousness, like our own scales, like weighing of things. It can be in our relationships also where we feel slighted or missed or there's like this thing being kicked up around how to create better harmony, how to create better relationship. The thing with South Node and Libra is that the pattern with that is that there could have been an overdependence on working things out or getting along. North Node and Aries is like, stand up for yourself, be erect, like know who you are and walk your own path. So Chiron and Aries and a pain point kind of in connection to that, if we also think about the North Node as... Know the mythic head of a dragon, the dragon head and um, body have been severed. So there's this quality of Rahu, where the North Node, where it's hungry, right? So, a few ways that I'm looking at this and things you might notice about this current field with Chiron in the North Node. One is that there's something around our separateness. Like Aries is like, I am me, like I am distinct, right? And how that is. Um, connected to woundedness so if there's a way that you know you're going through something where it feels like no one understands or no one shares that experience or you feel alone for some reason in it that would be something that gets kicked up Um, but it could also be that you know there's these parts of self that we have actually disidentified with like they're not part of our sense of self and that there's a healing journey of bringing those parts back So one way that I like to think about that is like the parts of you that are like really taboo or edgy to you, right? Where it's like you don't like how obsessive you get, the things that maybe you're ashamed about, um, those parts of you that you want to disavow, that you don't want to be connected to. Where did that separation begin? What was the first, you know, set of conditionings? the first time that someone said you know something to you to the effect of like it's not okay to be the way that you are Um, and then you split from that part of you and then we have all these experiences where that part of us is trying to come back home through these experiences um, that are actually awakening us back into contact with what we've split off from and then there's another element i think of this chiron north node conjunction in aries about taking things really personally right like being personally offended and insulted by things that actually have nothing to do with us. Um, And to just kind of feel into like, why is that? You know, why does our egoic consciousness want something to be upset about? Why does our egoic consciousness want something to be mad about, to have to have a, a whole process or kind of like fit about, right? And so we might look at it as like, there's something within the Martian or the Aries experience where when you have fight, when you access fire, it allows you to move in a direction. So you might be stuck in the mud. You might be um, really disenchanted or jaded or depressed. And there's like a lower kind of molassesy frequency to that. And when you get angry, like when you have something to be mad about, When you have something to be insulted about, right? it's going to give you maybe some energy to get to a different position. So that's not to say that it's necessary actually to believe that kind of consciousness that's rising up that wants to be personally offended and insulted by things. But to actually just look at that part, if it's coming up, of like, why do I want to be aggravated? Like, what can my fire actually be useful for? So I think that actually is a good segue into the Mars-Venus conjunction in Aquarius, which is ruling the, um, Mars is ruling that north node in Aries right now. And these are some of my thoughts about it. So one is that Aquarius is a very organized consciousness, right? Aquarius is tuning into frequencies in the same way that you could be driving in your car and tuning the radio knob and just picking up different stations that are whole and complete in themselves. You just turn the knob and then suddenly you're in a different reality through that station that's coming into your radio. So we all are the kind of those uh, radios. We can pick up stations, right? So on the one hand, you could view your thoughts as like originating from your brain, um, that it's like a private experience or you're picking up on a field of consciousness There's actually some blend of the two in the way that, you know, our own body nervous system is kind of what's tuning the radio station in a way, right? Where um, you pick up on what you are able to pick up on. And if you want to change what you're picking up on, if you change the structure of your consciousness and how your default radio station is set you'll have a different experience of what you're able to channel and pick up, right? But so I wanna highlight kind of these two things there of like on the one hand, there are these whole and complete entire stations that you can pick up on, and you still have to do the work to cultivate your consciousness and cultivate your, um, the structure of how your consciousness is um, to support that channeling process then we put venus and mars together in aquarius right so the way that i see that is that there's like an effort or a struggle right now to have thoughts that properly defend and uphold the venusian sphere of life right like what brings you joy happiness like what fills you and your heart up with love what makes you feel like connecting with people what makes you want to um like open your heart to the relational experiences that are available to you Of course, with people, but also Aquarius is like our whole kind of human and non-human communities and realms. And if we have this really strong sense of woundedness that's coming up, I'm alone, I'm separate, I've been wronged, me versus them. You can see how those things aren't necessarily conducive to Venus right it's conducive perhaps to setting boundaries or being separate or being alone Um, but what about these kind of discernments and distinctions about who you do want to be in community with what kinds of relational experiences you want to be having Um, and Aquarius can be like a time for reality checks in that regard of looking around at like what is the state of my heart as it lives inside of me like my internal heartscape but also like what's happening in my community and my friendships do i feel isolated and whatnot and that yes there is something with aquarius about making connection right like i think social media at its highest um, is like you can put your ideas out there and find someone else who resonates or connects Um, Maybe it's not even social media, but some kind of like listserv or group or something like that where you have a need or a want and you put it out there to the field and someone responds to it. So that happens with our actual words, the things that we put out there, but we're also emitting frequencies at a more subconscious level um, and being mirrored and reflected by life uh, at that deeper level too so if you look at what's happening what's actually concretely around you and take it personally in a medicinal way right not personally in like the ruffled like wounded way but personally in the sense of like how did i create this how did i call this in and also how do i have the power personally with my own agency to change that so i think that's kind of what mars you know the struggle is with that conjunction right now is Are our troops, in terms of our consciousness, the way our consciousness is structured, actually moving us in the direction and making the connections that we want to make? Um, You know, another point I wanted to make around this was that we have thoughts all day, right? And these thoughts are things that you might feel really merged with, like you believe them or they're kind of unconscious. Or it's like a thought that you witness it and you can hear it and see it from a distance which is a little bit more aquarian and not all thoughts are really supportive or like support where we want to go Um, and if we have this activated woundedness right now with the north node and chiron and aries it could be examining where um, you know say like if your consciousness is really um, strong in certain ways around self-worth for example um, you could go through a breakup and have grief about it experience self-reflection and maybe some lessons from it um but ultimately it might not send you into a tailspin of like these like what's wrong with me or why am i not lovable why did they leave me like those kind of questions But if you already have a really strong self-worth wound and you go through a breakup, it's like, why did they leave me? What's wrong with me, right? And you start going into that kind of tailspin of consciousness. So those things are reversible, um, but we have to basically expand and elevate our mind and think in different ways. So if you notice the wounds or the types of um, unhelpful thinking that's surfacing, the thinking that kind of feels like, If you said those things out loud and said them to another person, it would be mean, right? Like those types of consciousness streams, those are the places that are probably being highlighted to us for development and evolution at this time. Um, So this made me think too about Masaru Omoto, the Japanese scientist who wrote a book about how human thoughts and words could alter the structure of water molecules. He would um, speak to jars of water um, or write I don't know if he wrote it like on the jar on a piece of tape, the word or thought, and you would get these different um, results that he photographed in um, magnification. So the water crystals that were told I love you um, were really beautiful and harmonious looking, whereas like a water molecule that you said, like I hate you to um, would look disorganized um, and disturbing looking. And um, I want to shout out here my friend, um, Jonathan Ko, because we were talking about this and this connection here between how like air, ideas, and water, feelings, and how our feeling body, like our body that is full of water, actually organizes in relationship to our thoughts and ideas. So this has been something, you know, I've been working with my body as an oracle for years now, um, and it essentially began because I was studying spirituality and like these different ways of thinking and I noticed that different thoughts or words would create like a sunken heavy molassesy feeling in my body versus like a tingling and an opening in my heart or tingles up my spine um, and that I could just actually feel the quality of thoughts and so if you have that if you tune into that sensitivity and i believe we have that power with aquarius like you can cultivate it right and there's different um ways to really refine that relationship with our body right to kind of clear um, any layers that make us less sensitive to that kind of feedback but essentially you know i think this is a kind of technology that we ought to really consider with aquarius this internal technology And so we have detachment. That's one of the key words with Aquarius. And so if you can detach enough from your thoughts and kind of try them on, like throw them out, you know, notice if you're like curdling with resentment and you're like really in that and it's hard to get out, you're kind of stuck in it and how it's making you feel um, really heavy, right? Versus if you tune into the thought experiment of like, what um, what if I had bigger love here? Um, what if I saw the bigger picture of how this whole experience was also for me right um, or what is it preparing me for in my journey like these things that I really do want to experience in the future and this was my initiation when you start to think in ways that really open it um, you know and this is something that It's not like you just need like an affirmation. You don't just need to slap on a positive thought to something. It's like, can you be authentic with it? Um, And so here actually I think is a good place to bring in wisdom um, and how wisdom is something that helps us organize back to truth. Um, It helps us find our way. So if you have thoughts that are causing you suffering and they're keeping you in a hell realm, You're not necessarily accessing wisdom, you're in your pain, you're in your wounding. When you have access to wisdom, when you find those thoughts and that system of consciousness that allows you to um, open into a bigger truth, then there's maybe more creative ways to think about the situation and to open um, the oracle of the body and our capacity to be radio stations to tap into a higher frequency of thought. So essentially, this Mars-Venus conjunction in Aquarius, I think there is like a little bit of a fight at the moment, um, a little bit of an activation to um, actually defend and uphold the things that um, are more idyllic, that are more valuable to us, right? To have some clarity even about how, you know, what matters to you, what your values are. That's a deeply Venusian question. But when you're really tapped into that, really connected to it, You're able to organize information and deal with shocks and disruptions, even um, potentially better. Um, Of course, Aquarius can be quite stubborn, right? Like it's a fixed sign. And we don't wanna be dogmatic um, or totally in illusion. And just, you know, sometimes the issue, I was talking about this in my write up about the new moon in Aquarius um, ideals are not always livable. You could have the ideal of perfection but you will never be perfect right so if you have an ideal that you're always falling short of it's not really a livable ideal ideals you know think about something that connects you like allows you to get to higher places but you can actually make that contact point right if you think about like a tele uh, television a telephone cell phone right where you call a number and you actually can reach it um, and then the connection is made You want to think about ideals that are kind of like that, where it's like you can dial them up and then immediately know them and feel them and connect with them and have a direct experience with them. And you can definitely um, expand, but starting with something that you can actually access, I think is really important for that Aquarian process. Um, Let me see if there's anything else I want to say here about the transits. Um, While I think about that, I'll actually just share with you um, an announcement that my evolutionary astrology intensive is beginning up again for a new cohort beginning April 2nd. And this is an opportunity to learn about this lineage of astrology evolutionary that I'm the most rooted in in my own practice, which resources Pluto and the lunar nodes heavily um, as a starting point in the natal chart for what you're doing as a soul, the deeper desire nature that you've had in a multi-lifetime journey, the types of strategies that you've held to relate to that desire nature, and then how that's coming up in this life in your most cutting-edge evolutionary situations, right? When things really um, are on the line for you, when you want something, when you really desire something, this is where our Pluto and Lunar Node story really comes up. So a really beautiful window into the karmic, dharmic journey that we're playing out. You know, and I've often called this school of astrology a wisdom school because it's not just about learning what the chart says, but it's really learning about the deeper evolutionary intentions of the signs, of the planets, and learning their unique medicines and frequencies. Um, I teach my students how to have intuitive relationships to the practice where you have your own direct connection to the archetypes, so that you're not just reliant on book learning or memorizing things, but you actually form relationships and those relationships allow you to have your own unique voice as an astrologer. Um, So you can learn more about this class, how it's structured, what we cover, read student testimonials by following the link in the notes. Um, It's by application only. Um, Applications um, will be open all month um, of February. They will close sometime in March. I will note that in the notes. Um, But if you have any questions about the class that are more personal, um, the course page actually really covers a lot. But if there's something um, unique to you that you want to ask me, you can send me an email, sabrina at monarchastrology.com, or you can include the question in your application. I get on calls with you to discuss the class and your desire for being there, so um, that's a great way to talk to me um, about your learning goals. And then as far as this transit goes, I think that's everything I wanted to say, Um, just that I feel like there's a deeper um, galvanizing force right now to exalt our thoughts, right? To like exalt our consciousness and to notice that if you're falling into this pit space, this space where it's like your own personal cavernous like hell realm, uh, not to be dramatic in my language at all. that, you know, why is the energy going there? We have, you know, life force energy, and there's something about liberating it, especially now that Pluto is an Aquarius, right? So if your life force, your raw life force energy is feeding your wounds, is feeding your resentments, is like feeding these channels of consciousness that don't really give you anything, but just actually take away from you, that Now is not necessarily, it's not always necessarily the time to keep unpacking and digesting and digging into that of like, why am I this way? Like sometimes that's helpful, right? But part of it's also just building new pathways, building new architecture, actually putting up supports, um, investing into experiences, thoughts, states of being um, that help get you in the direction that you actually want to be going in. And so I think there's actually, um, I don't know if it's a discipline thing um, so much as a constant choice point of like, am I going to feed this wound or this like black hole today, or am I going to go into the place of my higher vision and the thing that I want to create the um, peak experiences I want to have? And so you have to know, you have to get to know yourself very personally. This is why I love teaching astrology and this form of astrology because it offers so much mapping for that. But you have to know kind of what your mm, very well-worn neural pathways are. Like for me, one of the things that I can get stuck in is like um, attachment to the past because I have a Cancer South node. And, you know, this familiarity, like this sense of like, That was such a high season in my life, and I want to recreate it, but I can't, actually. It's like those things in the past were so wonderful because I was so present, so I always have to remember, step into the choice of like, how can I be present, how can I be creative in the moment, and allow myself to be delighted and surprised by what new things want to come into my life. How can I make space for that, instead of spending my days pining and longing and being in nostalgia and being in grief about something that's not here anymore. That's a really big sinkhole of energy for me personally. And there's been so many times in my life where it was so compelling and so believable. Now it's less believable, but it's still actually just a, a choice point anytime I'm dipping into that stream to redirect my energy um, in a healthier direction. But these kinds of things are very personal, actually, just in terms of what channels of consciousness are over. Um, overused at our you know creating diminishing returns for you um because it's actually different for everyone depending on our constitutions and systems and karma and dharma and all of that um so again wisdom and yeah i would love to go deeper into this um with you in the evolutionary astrology intensive one thing i wanted to mention also is that there's a lot of mentorship in the um I engage my students directly, personally. Um, I am here to help you integrate the material and like talk it through with you or answer your questions about it or dialogue with you in class as things are coming up. Um, Because that's how I learned astrology best and that's how I love to teach it. Um, But I think that modeling it through dialogue and being in the fields together Um, goes a really long way beyond also giving you the building blocks and the teachings that allow you to put things together for yourself, just to be in a space where we actually um, dive into what's uniquely emerging in the field of the class and in your own comprehension. So again, the link for that is in the notes. Thanks for tuning into this forecast. Let me know in the comments what resonated with you or just say hi. um, And I'll see you again soon. we